From Bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to take notes, make recommendations, file reports, and generally survive on water that drips from the boiler pipe in the back room into our open mouths as we sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper. One day, maybe we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is the basement, but until that day comes, the city is not going to improve itself. So here we stay, improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Oh, hello. How, how are things on this fine April blizzard day? Oh, these things are fine. Uh, okay, I'm going to stop talking like that now. Yeah, things are great. Things are great. Yeah. There's uh, the lichen on the walls is starting to glow later on because, we, yeah. you know, because we get longer days. Uh, that, that to me is the sign of spring. Yeah, it's nice. And you? How are you? How, how does the springtime in the basement find you, Paul? Stuffy headed. It's the season of snow mold. So right. um, I've been out, I've, you know, I've been out on the snow mold harvest all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to press them into some snow mold burgers later, but nice. it always, you know, the spores give me the sneezes. I get it. You know, you take them to the farmer's market to sell your snow mold patties and you get no takers. It's, it's depressing. You, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't convince them that this is the one sustainable, you know, food source that we have in the city. I know that's right. It's, we get an endless supply of snow mold. Uh, yeah. And if you can it, you've, you've got, you got snow mold throughout the year. Yeah. You can make a really good pickle with the snow mold. Apparently so. And yeah. uh, you can stuff them in pierogies. You can do anything with uh, that crazy fungus. Uh, anyway, should we, uh, should we take some attendance? We should definitely take attendance. Okay. Uh, first attendee. Oh, I see here. Uh, snow mold. Oh, snow I'm, mold. I'm assuming that's me. Um, you, you may well be. Because you know what they be. say. You know what they say this time of year? Paul DeShane is synonymous with snow mold. That's, that's what they say. Yep. I remember learning that as a kid in, uh, like, as a, in a nursery rhyme. Yeah. It was weird because it didn't even rhyme. It was just a no. thing my teacher would, like, say repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Snowmold Paul is, uh, is here. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, second attendee, we've got biofilm. Is there a biofilm here? I think that's, that's actually you. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I don't feel like a biofilm. I feel like I have a human form and not like a single sheet of cells. But yeah. I mean, my, my, my form might be a hallucination. I might just Maybe. be a projection of, of, of myself who has some sentient biofilm. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past me is what, I, is what I'm saying. Okay. So it looks like so we're the, both here. The biofilm spells out Aiden Morgan in case you were wondering. Okay. That, that might be like the, uh, the species name. Yes. Aiden Morgan. Aiden, Aidenus Morgana, yes. Okay. Nice. Take that, Carl Linnaeus. I'm on your chart. Nice. Anyway. All right. So we're here. Do we have quorum? We do not. I can't believe you just <laughs> dropped a Linnaeus reference. <laughs> Carolus Linnaeus. I, or Carl yeah. Linnaeus. Was, he, had to, yeah. he had to give himself a fancy Latin name to yes. go with his chart. Fancy <laughs> species chart. Um, anyway. Uh, okay, so obviously we don't have quorum, we soldier on, but we do have a guest in the studio. We do. We do, and uh, apparently their name is 
mad aliens. Oh, that's yeah. That's the line for the snow mold. I'm here for yes. the snow mold. Is this the line for snow mold? Jeez, oh, I uh, I don't have it packaged yet. I'm sorry. I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I didn't realize people were going to start coming this early. Just just bulk snow mold is is all is yeah. all we've got apparently. Yeah. I got I got a bag. We can fill it up. It's cool. Okay. But no, that's nice. how you, I think you might have misspelled that. It's uh, Neil Adam. Oh, okay. Because because I was I was all prepared to like inquire into the nature of of the phrase "mad aliens," but that's all cleared up. Neil Adams is much much better. They're not happy. Is is this the Neil Adams of CJTR fame? It is. I'm the station manager of the ninety one point three FM CJTR Johnny Community Radio. Well, you know, just want to say thank you, sir, for allowing us to broadcast our meetings on your station so that we can fulfill the mandate of Council Directive EX 1063. Public engagement. Oh, these are, no, these aren't broadcasts. These aren't really broadcast. No? Oh. They're filed. The okay. meetings are filed. Okay, good, good. They're narrow casted directly to a filing cabinet? That's right. <laughs> That's the that's that sub sub basement, and you don't want to you don't want to go down. Well, I understand that uh, there's a bit of a membership drive going on at CJTR these days. That's right. We have um, we're we're trying to get this back to an annual sort of basis. It's on until uh, April 24th, which it is now Thursday. So that's Monday is mm-hmm. the last day. So you got four days to just join our community. Like it's we. We need the support, and this is the best way to get it, we figure, is direct from the listener. And it's $30 a year, and we have special two, three, and five-year rates for those of you who want to pinch a penny or two. I'll happily take it. And we're giving out um, an exclusive community radio lever pinback button that I have been making myself in my office for the last several weeks. Nice. Yeah. I borrowed a press. I borrowed a button press from uh, our good friends at the Dunlop Art Gallery. Um, don't call them and ask for it because I'm not done with it yet. <laughs> but it is an enormously satisfying piece of machinery. I don't know if you've ever used button press before. Yeah. Whew, that ka-chunk. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible vibes. Nice. So what, like, what all do people get? I mean, apart from the good vibes of supporting community media, like I, I know there's like other perks to getting a membership with the station. Yeah. And the perks, the perks are, um, there are more personal perks. Like you, you, you can bid to have a show on CJTR. You have to have a membership to, to have a show on the station. You get our newsletter, which is occasionally full of fun giveaways for concert tickets, um, early access to our garage sale. And that's coming up this summer. We can talk about that later, but the early nerd on the garage sale is worth it just so you can beat the line because there is a line to get in there and get that first loot yeah. through our, through our uh, many boxes. Yeah. You know, you can join our board of directors. Um, we're, we're, we're redeveloping the perks of membership. So now would be the, the best time to get in. Right. Cause then you can get on the board and you can decide what they are. Exactly. Exactly. If you say, I want to get, uh, I want a parking space at eighth Avenue and Winnipeg street. Who doesn't you can join our board of directors and you can get one. Yeah. I want a Lambo paid for with crypto. Mm. So, but what about, um, why exactly would anybody want to support community radio? Like what good is it for? I mean, evidently our shows are, our meetings aren't being broadcast. So, uh, 
What's the point, Mr. Neil Adams of CJTR? Well, the point is that anyone can do this. Even you can do this. Like anyone, not very well. (laughs) Anyone can join this community and do what they want to do. We had for two years a woman just wanted to read the weather very quiet, and she did, and she did a great job. And I was really happy to have it. It was a very tranquil experience. Why did she stop? I don't know. I guess the weather stopped wherever she stopped having weather. Her internet connection went bad. Okay. (laughs) Anyone can do what they want. You know, if like you had, you had, uh, Derek, you had the homie Derek Poe yeah. last week and yeah, we like, he just wants to play garage music. He just wants to play his stock. Rock. He wants, yeah. He just wants to, he wants, he wants people to hear the prog. He wants people to hear the good news about prog rock. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he does that in drive time on Tuesday, every Tuesday. Yep. So yeah, if you're passionate about prog rock, I mean, it's already taken, but <laughs> we don't want to. We don't want to push Derek out of a job, but anyone can do it. We have shows in eight languages, soon to be nine, I believe. Wow. Yes. And that's that's a huge point of pride for us, is that we do that and nobody else does. No one has any any anything outside of English or French. Yep. And like and you look at the statistics. See, this is this is now I'm giving the sales pitch for this. But if if you look at the stats. Um, 21% of households in Canada speak a language other than English or French at home. And that's a lot. 21% is a lot. Now, I guess the question is, do you think that number is going to go down? Because I don't think that number is going to go down. Yeah. So we serve these, we serve these diverse populations in a way that no one else does. And it's, it's massively important for community to hear their own voices on the air and to hear about the things that they care about. Yeah. Yeah. And for these uh, for these people who come from other uh, parts of the world, move here to be able to hear about this community and get access to, you know, what's going on in this community in their own language and to know what's going on within their own cultural communities. That's got to be like a massive boon to be like, you know, feel welcome here. For sure. And I mean, we get um we have advertising in those languages now. We're we're running oh. we are running ads for the city of Regina in those languages. Brilliant for simple things like it's simple things like waste waste management and source control and like the 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 stuff that they they don't tell you about civics. You know, like here's how you sort your recycling. Like they don't yeah. where do they where do they give you that information? Where's that coming from in your language? Like. Yeah. People aren't going out of their way to go to the city website and then press the button to translate it into Farsi. Yeah. Are you, is the city providing the copy and the uh, audio for that? Or are you guys doing that there? We do all of it. We do all of it. Uh, They give give me copy and then I translate and voice it. Right. That's fantastic. I didn't know that was going on. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should convert the entire station to Esperanto. Just one language. I thought Just about Esperanto. it. I have thought about it. There are, and there are actually Esperanto radio stations. And there are, there is, uh, I, we have the na- our national body. They're called the NCRA, the National Community Community Radio Alliance. They run um, a show exchange hmm. where we can download shows from other stations and we can upload our show oh, nice. onto their feed and we can share with each other and syndicate things. And there is an Esperanto show in syndication. That's exciting. We'll do it. We'll do it. I'll, I'll put it right after Inside Europe. 
I say it's exciting, but I'm not going to listen. <laughs> my, my Esperanto is weak and I have no interest in learning. <laughs> it's the international language of the future. Yeah, it's true. It's been the international language of the future for some time now. Yeah. So there you go. They try. They try. Go boy. <laughs> so you're going to say something? Never know. One day. No, I was, I was going to say nothing at all. No, uh, I really, I really wish I knew some Esperanto so I could like yeah. at least have a phrase or two to, to, to break, to like bust out at this moment. Yeah. I learned so, all my Esperanto from Red Dwarf probably just like you did. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so the, the, the station then, uh, it's all like most of the money that keeps it afloat. Like, like what's the balance advertising to memberships and donations? It is, um, you would be surprised, actually. It's unlike most nonprofits, we self-generate probably about 80% of our revenue okay. between advertising, fundraising, memberships, donations, and all of that. So only right. about 20% of our, our revenue is covered by grants. Right. Where if you were to look at uh, similar-sized nonprofits in adjacent but not dissimilar sectors, let's say in art gallery, that ratio is more like 3% self-generated or 5% self-generated revenue because we just don't qualify for grants. People say, well, you're a radio station. Like, why would I give you, why would, why is that my problem? You're a radio station, you know? <laughs> but they don't, so 80%, 80% of all of my outreach activities to sponsors, to funders and to everyone is education and teaching them like, no, actually we're a nonprofit volunteer run organization that creates, I'm going to give you the numbers now. We create 8,000 hours a year of content. That's all guacamole. That's yeah. a, that is a guacamole amount of content yeah. by any standard. That is an enormous amount of content, all yeah. locally produced. And that's just the locally produced stuff. That's not the syndicated stuff we hear. That's just us. Yeah. And that's, that's remarkable. Hey, I guess I shouldn't have to say it, but technically I do. You're listening to 91.3 uh, FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We're the Queen City Improvement Bureau, and we're speaking with Neil Adams from CJTR. That's right. And, and, and um, I hate to spoil it, but there's, a, there's like a 60% chance that you're going to hear, eh, more like an 80% chance, that you're going to hear my voice in your uh, innovative revenue tool at the break. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do most of the ads myself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I guess like it's 8,000 hours. Like that's, that's an incredible like window into this community, the queen city. Um, one of the things you see online every now and then is, uh, you know, lamenting the, I don't know, there isn't enough homegrown stuff. And yet, and yet, you know, it's, it's right here and it's free in your radio. Yeah. And that 8,000 hours is not a number that has come down from anywhere. That's actually like mandated. Like if we did right. less than that, we would be in trouble if we made less than 8,000 hours of content. Right. Because that's, that's the regulator. That's the CRTC. That's federal yeah. regulation. Like they insist on these things, you know, like we have all this, we have all this uh, multicultural programming, not they insist on it. We exceed it. So then that's challenging. That'd be challenging, like to start from scratch and say, mm -hmm. okay, well, we have to have 15 hours a week of third language and heritage language content. Like, where do you go? How do you, how do you start this? But 
are dedicated, like, and this is going back to, I guess it would be 1996. Like we came on the air in 2001, but there was a solid five years of work and fundraising coming in to 2001 and going on the air, dealing with the CRTC and Industry Canada to, because to transmit is you need safety inspection. You need Mm -hmm. a guy with a meter that costs $50,000 to come and measure something for 10 seconds. Remark a remarkable volume of red tape for a nonprofit with two employees to have to navigate. Yeah. Uh, quick question: If uh, if the level, if the amount of content threatens to drop below eight thousand hours, are you uh, as, as a nonprofit radio body? Are you authorized to use force? Can people be conscripted into? I am into, actually. I am actually allowed to. I am authorized to use force to. I am. I am so glad. That's why those shutters. There's those shutters at the top of the stairwells in the sub basement. There, like mm-hmm. I can hit that button, and you you got to stay. You got to. Then I'll start broadcasting immediately. Really, if we really get down to it, really get right. Great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, could you do like a be kind rewind situation where you just take over the station and you just have to come up with like you know an entire day's worth of programming every single day, and it's just you pretending to be. You know, Race eight different radio hosts. <laughs> <laughs> I could do. I could, I could probably pull off a couple of episodes of Scotland Calling before the accent started to fall apart. But um, <laughs> that's actually that's what. Um, so our pandemic response was moving to pre-recorded program. Yeah, which has worked out pretty good for you guys. Yeah, if I say so. But um, our 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 friends to the north at CFCR. They have a few more staff than we do. So that's actually what they did is they basically be kind, rewinded the entire station where their staff um, would take playlists. Like the programmers would send in playlists and then CFCR staff would just do their shows for them for a while. Wow. For like the real lockdown period, the real shutdown period, they would just do their shows for them. So like the the receptionist would be doing like the punk show at 11 (laughs) o'clock. Nice. Sewer spewer, I believe it is called. <laughs> nice. Wonderful. But I'm just thinking of like if we did that, like getting Karen to do a hot mess or like it'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> the funniest hey, one to me is Karen. Doing hey, hey Karen, can you do an episode of the graveyard tapes? So here's a script. Just do the voices. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> do all the voices. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. And yeah. we should mention Karen. We should we you can't talk about CJTR without talking about Karen Hagman who was one of the founders of the station and she's still with us and she still takes care of me and <laughs> takes care of all of us. Like we waters the plants that would almost certainly be dead if I had to take care of them. Yeah. And then of course there's Megan yes. who makes sure that everything actually gets on the air. Yeah. It's incredible. Like the, the, the attention to detail that she has and like, we're never off by more than like 90 seconds. Yeah. Like it's remarkable. How, and how disparate everything is and how challenging her job can be to get everything to work and manage these deadlines and to still be able to like take a vacation and like not have to worry about everything. And, yeah. Yeah. No, I call her MJ. Yeah. Some people call her Megan. Some people call her Joe, but I have taken to calling her MJ and I'm sorry. Right. It's MJ and it's, it's is that part. because you hit the jackpot? It could be. I did. I actually did hit the jackpot with Megan. Like really, she, she's, she's wonderful. <laughs> yeah and she's also a host on dayback that's right dayback yeah i think you have to pronounce it with the exclamation point at the end 
I'm, I'm not that excited sure. about anything. Hey, Buck. <laughs> and uh, Erica, her co-host, Erica Fulovich, mm-hmm. is um, on our board of directors as well. She's oh, nice. secretary of our board of directors. I don't know if you know her. Yeah, she, uh, she did uh, Dark Hall. Yeah. She did the Dark yep. Hall show. Yep. With Erica and oh, okay. Yeah, and um, unbelievable. She she actually has been wrangling this membership drive. She She put this whole thing together. And she has been an absolute godsend. Our president, Janet Sweeney, Bad Carlotta of the Mystic Voyage. That's a Thursday morning drive. Right. Has been an, an excellent president, has been most helpful. Our whole board of directors sticking it out through this whole this whole thing. Davin Stahoski, I don't know if you guys know Davin, he was our treasurer many, many years ago, and he has a he had a show for a while too, I think. He's a remarkable Nice. Um, well, you, you were talking just a minute ago about all the paperwork you have to go through to like get on the air, deal with the CRTC. I wanted to ask you about like what's coming back towards the to the station from the federal government in terms of like like money. Oh, um, um, and I know I know that there is like an effort by like you know independent and community stations to sort of like see some of that media money from the government. Yeah, it's it's tough to get. Um, our current funding model from the, the federal government is the Canadian Content Development Fund, right. which is commercial stations pay in 0.5% of their revenue plus $1,000. Okay. That goes into the Canadian Content Development Fund. 85% of that fund goes to Factor, and then 15% of it goes to the CRFC, the Community Radio Fund of Canada. Okay. Now, that 15% adds up to about 2. Five million dollars, and there are 240 stations in in there are 240 community stations looking for that money. Yeah, but but the conditions of the Canadian Content Development Fund are such that you can only use that money for projects, not operating. Oh, so I could digitize our library, or I could build an app, or I could yep. do a project, and they would give me some money for it. But there's 240 stations fighting over that project money. So we're not really in a position to do projects. So we've we've seen that money once. And that was actually, um, we got a part-time social media coordinator in 2016. Mm -hmm. And that was Megan. So that's the one good thing that's come out of our federal funding. We got Megan. Megan. (laughs) Technically, we got Megan through it, I guess, at some some point. But otherwise, we are not in any way funded by the Fed. They go out of their way to tell us that they can't fund us. I right. talked to somebody at Heritage a while ago, and they're like, oh, yeah, um, I'll find something for you. And then she called me back 45 minutes later. She's like, no, there's nothing. You can't. Uh, she couldn't believe it herself. Yeah. So they don't fund us, but they regulate us. Yeah. And that regulation is things like um, federal minimum wage that all federally regulated bodies have to have to uh, adhere to. And it went up by 9% this year. Because it's indexed to inflation. Yeah. Ooh. Wonderful. Uh, it's remarkable because like those 240 stations, uh, that there are so many. Like I don't think people realize just how how widespread and how important community radio is across the country. Um, I know that you know several of those are like in the north. You know, serve indigenous communities. Uh, CJTR. You know, as we were talking about earlier. They serve all of these, you know, newcomer communities and, you know, non-English communities that are in our, in our mm-hmm. cities. Um, these are like, th- this is an, inv- these are invaluable services that this, that this industry 
that's really just being held together with like goodwill and shoestrings. Like it's it really um, is. It really is. Yeah. And I mean, we have our man Barry Barry Rook, uh, the director of the NCRA, up, and they're they're based in Ottawa because right. their whole thing is lobbying the federal government and yeah. keeping tabs on the C. Like I wouldn't know anything about the CRTC if it weren't for the NCRA right. backing us up and saying, "Hey, by the way, your license is up for renewal," or "Hey, by the way, you have to do this yeah. <laughs> math. You have to do some math for your safety testing for your transmitter. Make sure your transmitter isn't giving people whatever it is that." transmissions give people <laughs> good vibes yes that's what we're that's that's all that's coming off of our <laughs> transmitter about 480 watts good vibes in every direction yeah. <laughs> yeah and yet you know meanwhile they're handing out money to the national post oh, to save like to save legacy meetings which what was it like 30 million they give them just that's just the national post that's not even yeah. post media as a chain that's just the that's one paper yeah yeah. But it's it's funny you mentioned that because it's um when we were up for some federal funding the, in this budget term, in this last federal budget, um, our man in Ottawa, Barry, had managed to, with in, co- in coordination with Heritage Canada, get $20 million for the community radio sector in the budget. That was the plan, at least. Right. It didn't end up getting in the budget. And I shared it with you, but yeah. Jagmeet Singh's letter of support for it, he called it a rounding error. Yeah. Because twenty million dollars in the in the in the grand scheme of a two hundred billion dollar budget is literally a statistical aberration. Like they could have given us twenty million dollars and went, huh, oops, and like never done anything about it. Because it's a round, yeah. it's a statistical aberration. You can forget it and never have to yeah. talk about it again. But that would have been eighty thousand dollars per station. That would have been transformative. Oh, incredible, mm-hmm. incredible! It would be like the golden days. It would be yeah. the golden era of of community radio for everybody and not everybody needs it. Like I love the whole sector, but I mean, campus stations get, you know, a quarter million dollars handed to them in student fees, get a, get a quarter million dollars in student fees every year, you know? So the whole sector is very different from one station to the next. Like some are in an ad rich market. Some are in Southern Ontario. Most of them are in Southern Ontario is what I'm finding. Every, everywhere between, you know, every penetanguishine has two community radio stations or something, right? Like, so there's a, there's a much greater density down East for that. Whereas West of West of Ontario, there's probably only, I don't know, 40, 40 community stations. Yeah. Still. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. And it's a very, it's a really, really varied community. Everybody runs it differently. So it's really hard to see like who succeeded and how and why, because it won't apply here because they're, doing it their way or like their yeah. transmitters on mountains so they get another 200 miles of radius or something yeah yeah you you the deck is stacked against cjtr you're not a campus station you're not in an average market there are no mountains we're in a stuffed market is what we're in there are there's a new station there's a new christian station on the dial so there are now 15 fm stations oh wow yeah it's a lot more than there should be yeah Probably more than there should be. And that's something the CRTC regulates, actually. They say, no, there's no room. You can't, you can't do it unless there's right. a need to fill, right? Unless it's, okay, you don't have a religious station or you don't have a community station. They'll make room. Yeah. But there's no chance of anything else getting started. I can't see how they're going to cram something else in there. So no Esperanto station, you're saying? Ah, you can go web only, but <laughs> okay. who does that? Yeah. Well, anyways, on that note, we are uh, out of time. We've got to head to Innovative Revenue Tools here.
Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Neil. Appreciate it. Yeah. Join yeah. up on that membership drive. Yeah, yeah. So where do people go to get a membership? Uh, that's CR that CR. CJTR.ca. And right. it's right in front of you. CJTR.ca. I Perfect. came up with a whole schwack of anagrams for you while we were talking, Neil. So, yes. Give them to me. Uh nasal dime. Asian meld. Denial Sam. Salami Dan. La Sideman. I like La Sideman. <laughs> Dismal Nay, Lean Maids, Email Sand, also Mania Sled, which I think would just be a great band. Mania Sled. <laughs> Mania Sled. Also Anal Dimes. So I don't know what you yeah. want to do with that one. Yeah. It's a 10, that's for sure. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for coming. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. And we're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Oh, such, such, such good tools. Some yeah. of them voiced by, turns out, CJTR General Manager Salami Dan. Salami Dan, he's the man. He's the Wait, okay. Um, actually, uh, full disclosure, I mixed up the letters in his name. That was Neil Adams yeah. in the first half. Yeah, and in, thanks in to him. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Neil. So, um, hey, there's been tons of stuff going on in our fair city here. Fair, fair enough. And I believe, now that you mention it, it is time for Listener Question Corner. Ooh, how exciting. We haven't done this mm-hmm. in a while. I know. Uh, and this question actually comes to us. It, it jumped to the front of the queue because it's from uh, one of our former improvement vectors. Nice. That's, uh, that's how you get to the front of the queue, be an improvement vector. So the uh, so the question uh, from uh, improvement vector and known criminal Melanie Berglund, you yeah. recall she was uh, she she was robbing banks last time we we had her on yeah um, yeah so this time uh, she approached me in the street uh, waving her piece in my face right. as is her want and said uh, she said what is the deal with the ward boundaries these days yeah. I'm like, good Seinfeld good impersonation, Mel, because yeah. I was terrified, you know, with her peace-waving bit. Yeah. Well, uh, do, do you know what exactly she wanted to know? Well, she was curious about the uh, redrawing of boundaries and yeah. whether pe- peeps who live downtown, what ward they were going to be in. Yeah. It is, you know, I got to say, it's. I, I find it a little bit odd because we did just change our ward boundaries. Was it like two years ago even? that mm. we changed all the ward boundaries and the boundaries that we had before that have been in place for a fair number of years before that. Um, I couldn't tell you how many, but it was a lot. So apparently there was a release from the uh, Saskatchewan health association uh, of like new numbers for the province and this province is growing. And as a consequence, uh, the, the city has to have it so that we have our 10 wards and each ward has like roughly the same number of people in them. Uh, plus or minus 10%, I think is what it is. And they have to hew to that. Um, because there's been so much uh, in-migration to Regina, and a lot of it is on the fringe of the city, because we kind of stink at doing infill, um, we've had to uh, revisit the ward boundaries again. Uh, places where uh, you're seeing a lot of that um, people moving into the city, uh, like Ward 4, which is uh, Bershani's ward, that's the southeast. A lot of people are moving in there, the towns, Greens on Gardner. Um, also, the Southwest Harbor Landing, packed full of people. They keep telling us. So um, mm-hmm. 
That's uh, Bob Hawkins, Ward Ward Two. So yeah, they had to too furious. Yeah, they had to strike another committee, Uh, and these were like a judge, a guy, and another guy, Uh, the the clerk, the city clerk. (laughs) And uh, they got together. It was the same group of people basically who did this the last time. And they what they what what they explained when they came to council and presented the new ward boundaries is that there are a whole bunch of things we have to consider. So they have to think about you know natural geographic boundaries like the river. Uh, We have to you know communities like common communities and community associations like what are the boundaries of a community association you kind of want to have a community association like in a single ward not um, representing two wards or more and but at the end of the day the most important thing by law that they have to be considering like the overarching concern that overrides everything else is that population requirement that it has to be you know, one-tenth of the city in each ward, plus or minus 10%. And one of the things they also uh, were trying to balance is they wanted to give some wiggle room to the neighborhoods that people are moving into. So um, you'll see that uh, the new Ward 4, for instance, has only 22,000 people in it, whereas Ward 3, which is the downtown, well, it's currently Cathedral and Lakeview, has 24,000. Cathedral Lakeview, their population is not going to be increasing dramatically, whereas Ward 4, there's the concern that, you know, there's an election coming up in like 18 months. If they didn't like, you know, leave like some space to grow, uh, by the time the election comes along, Ward 4 could be like way overstuffed. So, and the concern there, uh, they argued, is the one where, you know, you don't want people... uh, If you're in a ward with a low population, your vote sort of technically counts for slightly more than somebody in a slightly more populous ward. Mm -hmm. There were some people who came out, though, to speak against these ward boundaries uh, changes because um, they were concerned that there was a bit that it that I'm not going to say there was any gerrymandering going on because I don't think there was. I think that there was like a genuine effort on the part of the commission to apportion out the wards in a fair way that fit with the legislation. But effectively, there was a concern that um, sort of like sent the center, the core of the city's uh, concerns were going to be diluted by these new ward boundaries. Um, one thing that people pointed to is that Ward 3, which up until now was Cathedral and North Central, uh, North Central has been knocked off the top there and it's now Cathedral, Lakeview and the north part of Albert Park. Hmm. Previously, uh, like one iteration of this before that, um, the Ward 3, the downtown ward, was Cathedral, Heritage, and Center Square. So it was much more sort of like a strip right across Mm -hmm. town. Meanwhile, we've got like Ward 1, which is Hillsdale Whitmore Park. It now covers the Center Square, so like downtown. And then you have... um, Ward six is still that like heritage Al Ritchie Eastview community uh, there. So those are your three kind of downtowny wards. And yeah, Cathedral and Center Square are being more sort of like lumped in with those further out wards. Now, um, one, one, one note though about uh, like say the Ward three change. Uh, yes, Cathedral will no longer be twinned with the the concerns and the uh, you know the advocacy that's coming out of North Central, 
but they are going to be twinned with like that Albert Park neighborhood uh, around the Golden Mile, which is largely a newcomer community down there. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of renters there who are just going to school there, so they may not be strong. That may not be a strong voting block, but there are a lot of newcomer communities in those apartments down there that I uh, think you know. I think that's kind of a good fit, and I think that Lakeview should watch out. Like I don't think they know what they're getting themselves into being twinned with Cathedral. So if anybody's votes are going to get like diluted, I'm, I, I think Lakeview should be the ones who are worried. See, Lake, people, people not from there probably think that Lakeview and Cathedral are kind of the same neighborhood, essentially. Not. They're not. They're not the same. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things they talked about, the commissioners from this committee, was that, you know, there are people who showed up at the council meeting saying, you know, we don't like the way that the wars have been redrawn. We don't want Cathedral to be lumped in with Albert Park and Lakeview. Apparently, the commission was getting stuff on the other side where people in Cathedral were saying, oh, we think we're very much more like the Lakeview folk. We don't want to be with North Central in their posh, their posh Crescent's accents. They're, they're, they're posh. We, yes, we, yeah. we, we teach in the university. Yeah, voice. <laughs> you, you know how people south of college talk. Oh yes, I, I used to live there. I'm, I'm right. recovering. I'm recovering south of college, north of Regina Avenue, uh, right. resident. Yeah. Um. So North Central, they're going to be in now with Rosemont, Mount Royal, McNabb, and Dieppe Westera. Uh, Dieppe Westera is like a brand new community. This is. Uh, um, I, and, and I'll be honest, I don't know what the sort of composition of Mount Royal and McNabb is. Uh, North Central has very, very sort of like specific needs. Like it's a, it's, mm-hmm. um, it's a poor neighborhood and mm-hmm. uh, they have like, uh, you know, they have a lot of uh, concerns that the city needs to be addressing. Um, but at the same time, they also have incredibly low voter turnout. So. Uh, which, yeah, not, not entirely not surprising. Yeah. 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 So I don't know what that's going to do. I don't know what that's going to do with, you know, McNabb and Mount Royal there. I've driven around. Well, not driven. I've walked. Who am I kidding? I've walked around the, like the McNabb area. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think it, I I don't know that it's like a bad, a bad fit, but I guess we'll see. That's uh, counselors, a kidney axe ward. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a really fine representative for the North central community. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I should note, all of these things come into effect. Like these, these ward boundaries aren't in effect now. They come into effect with the next election. So you'll be voting under these new ward boundaries, but your councillor still represents the old ward boundaries. Interesting. The two, two interesting things happened. Um, council, all it had to do was vote to receive and file this report. There's a legislative requirement that the commission finishes its work. It hands it off to the city, hands it off to the province. Its work is done. It does not get any kind of a formal approval from city council. Uh, wisely, you don't want politicians having any decision about what wards they're representing. That's a recipe for crony- for like corruption. So mm-hmm. council doesn't get a say on this. They just get to say, that we've seen the report, we acknowledge its existence, we're putting it on file. Gotcha. Um, but because of the outcry against this new, the new ward boundaries, council actually voted against it. They voted not to receive and file. So I've never seen this happen before. I've never seen a receive and refile, is receive and refile report. I've seen them come to council and get sent back to administration for further work, but I mm-hmm. have never seen a receive and file just get voted down just, just like no yeah 
this is totally new territory. And I think legislatively, I don't think it matters. I don't think it, like the commission did its work under the, the Cities Act and the Elect- Elections Canada Act or whatever. And um, the province will now ratify what they say. And that's it. I don't think council gets any kind of say. So this is very, very much a symbolic move uh, from council. But uh, also interesting, Councillor Brashani was very, very opposed to the new ward boundaries. She represents Ward 4. Apparently, uh, portions of Arcola East uh, were uh, shifted over to Ward 5 in this because Ward 4 is is growing so quickly. It's like, like, you know, in that game of life with little pixels? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like Ward 4 is like one of those little like, you know, clamoring bits of pixels it's like moving it's like it's like slowly growing outside of the city all on its own and uh, it shed it shed two little like bits of itself (laughs) that have been like scooped up by ward five and apparently the people in that neighborhood are not happy about it um so yeah i I guess they wanted to stick with bershani as their counselor they wanted to stick with you know the identifying as like you know the exciting east of regina and they don't want to be stuck warriors yeah they don't want to be stuck with, you know, old Ward 5. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. And that's Fendora's work, by the way, Ward 5. Well, they don't want to hang with Fendora. Oh, yeah. He's a sweet man. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most experienced counselor, too, at this point. Precisely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I think that's it. That's, that's what's happened here. Um, it will be interesting. Ward one doesn't like it used to be Lakeview, Hillsdale, Whitmore Park. It is now just Hillsdale, Whitmore Park, and that little corner of Center Square. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that's going to mean for representing. Um, also, like, okay, I don't think it's a secret. Hawkins is a Lakeview dude. That's where he lives. He's and, a Lakeview um, dude. Yes. Yeah, and when he got elected, I think Ward two included where he lived and then with the last ward boundary drawing it shifted south and so he was like no longer in his own ward and now it's shifted even further south so that it's now just a you know south albert park and harbor landing ward it's almost like his ward is running away from him (laughs) crawling election after election eventually it'll be like outside of the city limits yeah it'll just be a series of fields and maybe Maybe the village of Gray or something. Early. Yeah. I can't remember which it is, but yeah. Yeah. And Councillor Bob Hawkins wandering around in the fields <laughs> trying to find somebody to vote for. Declaiming, De- declaiming to the grass. Yeah. So, have you heard about the Catalyst Projects? <laughs> Do you think that we would get more people moving into Ward 2 if we had an arena downtown? People would be like, hey, check out boring Walt Whitman over there. And say, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just kind of picturing Bob Hawkins, like with a beard, you know, out, out oh, there. Hawkins. I sing my ward and celebrate my ward. I don't know. Nice. Hey, we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We're the Queen City Improvement Ooh. Bureau. Ooh. Talking about stuff. So do you think we've satisfied listener Mel? I think we've satisfied listener I mean, nothing truly yeah. will satisfy listener Mel. Yeah. Uh, she is as rapacious as she is dangerous. Yeah, well. Is what I understand. Know. I also, see also, also, her albums are pretty good. So yeah, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're very good. Actually, I had actually one specific question about the war boundaries, mm. which I think is of interest to to Melanie Berglund. Sure. Uh, Her- heritage. What ward is Heritage in now? 
Heritage is still in Ward 6. Okay. That has not changed. So that'll be, currently that's Councillor LeBlanc. Yep. Yep. And yeah. Okay. Well, from there, quick note about councillors. Community and Social Impact Regina. Uh, This is this new board that uh, with the, with, with the community well-being plan, they decided they needed a board that would bring together community groups and nonprofits from across the city to hash out how to address community well-being concerns like housing, like addictions. Right. Um, CSIR, CSER, or CISER, which cuts through the problems. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you'd think this would just all be good news from beginning to end. Right. And it has been nothing but a headache. Oh no! So uh, this was this was the focal point of all those concerns when Councillor LeBlanc had been unanimously voted onto the board because of his, you know, he's got strong social justice credentials. But then he got voted off. He got recalled from that position because oh, of what? his yeah, because he was involved with that lawsuit against the city manager. Since the city manager is on this board, the argument was made that uh, it would make it difficult for her to do her job mm-hmm. on that board. And also uh, the council said they had lost confidence in Councillor Daniel Blanc because they need somebody who can be a liaison to that committee, not an activist who's pushing an agenda. Um, and Councillor LeBlanc countered that there was a it smacked of revenge over this, over the lawsuit. Well, anyways, after that uh, council, so what council does is they go into like during their private, uh, in camera sessions, that's where they choose who goes on to committees and boards. Uh, there's a lot of civilian uh, appointments, so they don't like air people's uh, credentials, especially the civilians in a public session. They do all this in private. So uh, for something like this, they would vote on which counselor gets appointed to the board as their liaison. And uh, the next person up for this post is Councillor Cheryl Stadnichuk. So she comes after the original person nominated to be the council liaison to this board was Councillor Tarina Shaw. Mm. And she had to, she stepped down. She withdrew her name after all of the, you know, controversy about statements she'd made in council. And then it was Councillor Donald Blanc who then got revoked. And then Councillor Hawkins had been appointed in private session, but then council voted in open session against putting him on that board. So now it's Councillor Stadnichuk's turn to kick at the can. Um, I think, again, Councillor Stadnichuk has really strong social justice bona fides. Um, she has a, she has a uh, background in labor organizing. And uh, I don't know, she seems like a good pick. But who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what like nonsense people are going to dredge up to make this whole process of uh, putting together the community and social impact Regina board. Um, it's, it's just, it's supposed to be doing good work to help, you know, underserved and vulnerable populations. And yet it has this like this cloud hanging over it. And all, all, right. the, all the council's asking for is, a liaison, like somebody who goes on, they don't, they can't vote on anything that's going on. Their job is just to show up at the meetings. I think they might chair the meetings. I could be wrong about that. And then report back to council with what's happened. Like that's their, just effectively their job here. And uh, it's become like a real, a real thorn in council's side. So there's that. And the other thing that came up at a most recent uh, executive committee meeting was the warehouse business improvement districts director, Lisa Gibbons came out to present 
an interim activation plan for the yard site. Because I think we've all come to understand that council has sort of, by neglect, voted to just leave the yard site as a, a dust bowl. And so warehouse... I, now, the, the advanced state of this plan that they brought forward makes me think they've been working on this for a long time, even mm. through the catalyst stuff. So I don't think this is something they just threw together when they didn't get a catalyst project in the arts. And so they brought this forward. And it was uh, part of it was they were requesting $100,000 in funding to advance this plan. It won't actually like build out the plan, but it'll finish the siting and the scoping and all those other action verbs that you have to jump through to, you know, implement a plan. Now I've, I've seen some of the sketches for this uh, concept drawings. And uh, I know that on, on Twitter uh, where things are totally normal and calm, uh, there there is some, there is some good natured and non good natured mockery, I think, because it looks like, I mean, it looked like from the pan that there was a lot of parking. Yes. Um, now, a schwack ton, I think they call a sh- it. A schwack ton, and, and, and not much facility to go with all that parking. Also, parking lots look large. I mean, and they, and they, do, they take up yeah. a lot of space because cars are stupidly big. There, there is a crazy amount of parking. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Um, I think one thing that's been left out of the Twitter discussion, though, is that uh, the parking on the west side of the, of the lot that's mm-hmm. in those diagrams, that's actually like 120 stalls that are for the construction of Dudney Avenue. Yeah. So that will be the construction crews that are building Dudney Avenue will be parking there. Also, there's like a large space there that will be like a construction, I don't know what they call it, like a paddock. Like there's going to be a place where they'll be like storing equipment and material will be on that, mm-hmm. that right. west side of the yard site. So that like that, I think almost like it might double the amount of parking that they have as the allotment for the whole thing. So it makes it look like there's a lot more parking, but mm-hmm. this is just there for the construction of Dudney Avenue. And I don't want to sound like I'm an apologist for surface parking because I'm really not. I'm just saying this is like, this is why it's there that that parking is like, you know, earmarked for the Dudney Ave crew. And that work will be starting at God. I think it's like this year work will be starting on Dudney Avenue. So I'm trying to like focus on the good stuff on this plan. There is a lot of parking. Oh, another thing that's happening is with the development of Dudney, all the parking that's all along Dudney right now that people use to access, um, when I say like bushwhackers mm-hmm. and gyms that are along there, all that parking will be gone. So good. Cause that just, that was just basically a yep. uh, fatalities waiting to happen. Yep. Yeah. And so that's like what it's like, ang- it's sort of like informal angle parking against yeah. the, the fence there. And then people just like run mid block back and forth <laughs> drunk <Yeah>. sometimes. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, let's, let's, let's exit the bars and run yeah. drunkenly in the dark sometimes yeah. to our cars. Yeah. I'm, I'm very glad yeah. that that at least will be gone. Yes. Now they'll have a nice parking lot on that side right. of the street that they can park in and run mid-block drunkenly across the street. Even better. But yeah, so some of that parking in that lot is to replace lost parking from the construction, but then there's new parking that they've put (laughs) in to serve. So things that that they're putting in, uh, two dog parks, so a big dog and a small dog park. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're putting in a community garden on the east side next to Rebellion Brewing, uh, and it's going to have its own parking lot. Uh, There will be a stage and event space sort of in the center north part of this 
site, uh, painted games. So I guess what, like Foursquare? Um, <laughs> or whatever whatever the kids play these days uh there'll be a green space so there will be like a park built in this area now i also regarded the dog parks and and twitter mm-hmm. responses as one person said dog park should be where the dogs are and <laughs> and, and i'll i mean and all respect to that person just, just take the dog park you're getting a dog park yeah just if you got to walk or drive to the dog park with the dog, like I've, I've seen it in like other cities, dog parks, are like parts of town where people drive, park, run around with the dogs. That's all there is to it. Right. Like until recently, all we had was yeah. the dog park out by the uh, curling club yeah. and uh, the, the Devonian trail system. And people from all over the city would drive there to run yeah. their dogs. I like. I think the dog park will be well used. Um, the so. dog park, the dog park out on the west end of town, when it was the only game in town, it was packed with people and dogs. Yeah. And and I should add, I'm aware that not everybody has a vehicle. Not everybody mm-hmm. can easily get in a car or get a car and with a dog mm-hmm. and, and go to the dog park. So I know that this does restrict it to to exclude some some dog owners in the community. Um, and yeah. but th- but this is something. Yeah. It is something. So that's a and good start. The city has like massively increased its its dog park inventory over the last five mm-hmm. years. Like it's staggering how many we have now versus where we were a few years ago. So yeah. um it's it's not like the bad old days if you were a dog owner. So yeah, when there just really wasn't anything in the way of yeah. just or just city parks. Yeah. Nothing like a dog park. I think the advantage to this one though is that there's this contemplation of having some kind of service by a dog park which is a novel thing. We, in the way we do our zoning and just our city planning, we build parks and we don't put anything friggin' near them. So mm-hmm. you're stuck there in like, you know, we like to think of it as nature. It's not nature, right? Like a park is, is, is as sculpted and mm-hmm. intentional as a city block in the downtown. Yes. Um, but we don't, we don't put like services anywhere inside or near these, these places. So you can't get a friggin' coffee when you're at the dog park. And this is going to be a dog park that does have those services. You could, you could nip into rebellion for a bit after you've run mm-hmm. your dog and get a pint. Um, a coffee. you can get, and get your dog drunk. That, that is forward thinking. So yeah. And there's also going to be beach volleyball and there's going to be a basketball. I don't know what they call them, courts, basketball court. So yes, there is going to be a lot of parking, but there's going to be a lot of good stuff. This is a this is an interim plan though for 10 years. They're they're expecting this to be in place for a decade or more. So hmm. really pushing the notion of interim into uh you right. know sort of like e- eternal. <laughs> some some serious time dilation there. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe like there is a slim chance we'll get the arena. The arena's not happening on the yards. I don't think anybody should be fooling themselves into thinking that anybody's seriously considering putting the arena there. Um, it's supposed to be considered, but they're putting it downtown. And uh, so, yeah, they need to do something with the yards. And uh, this is what we've got so far. One thing too, is that they did talk about how, you know, this is not a final plan. This was just a pitch. Um, and the plan itself can evolve over time because it's not like, mm-hmm. it's not going to be building permanent structures the same way downtown has, for instance. And so, that parking could get used up for other uses, I guess, at, at future yeah. date. We'll see. And again, yeah. who knows when this is going to happen? We got a hundred thousand dollars to do a study. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe maybe this will end up being, to a large extent, as much vaporware as 
as the original rail, you know, rail yard initiative was. Exactly. All right. But on that note, we are out of time. All right. There we go. Uh, should we move to adjourn? I would second that motion. Awesome. Well, okay. In that case, this meeting is adjourned, and you have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CGTR, Regina Community Radio. Our hosts are Paul Deschen and Aiden Morgan, music by Ryan Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire. Uh, we are broadcast from 7 to 8 p.m. on Thursday evenings. We broadcast Monday afternoons from 3 to 4 p.m. You can find us uh, not only on 91.3, but on cjtr.ca slash podcasts, or maybe not, some listen live I don't just go to CGT. You'll find us. Also, uh, there's our Twitter account, Queen City IB, and our website, queencityib.com. Uh, yeah, coming up next, we got music, programming, all through the night. That's it. Keep on improving, gentlemen.